Welcome to BIB Today, the daily business show from the newsroom at Business in Vancouver. I'm Haley Wooden, executive editor at BIV. Total indebtedness in Canada grew faster in the pandemic than it did in any other country around the world. A new report from the Business Council of British Columbia highlights and examines this trend. And I'm joined today by the report's author, David Williams, Vice President of Policy at the BCBC to talk about this further. David, thanks so much for coming on our show. Hi, Haley. Great to be with you. I want to ground our conversation today in the right context. So maybe we can go back a few years and examine that decade plus between two crises, the global financial crisis and right up until the COVID-19 crisis. Give me a bit of a sense of where we were nationally in terms of our total indebtedness during that time. Yeah, we were surprised when we went through the data, Haley. I mean, we were the seventh most indebted country uh, in the world in terms of debt relative to the size of our total economy on the eve of the pandemic. So uh, even before the pandemic, Canada was a, had a, an economic growth model that really relied on very heavy borrowing. Interesting. Do you have a sense as to why that is? Why, why is a country the size of Canada at number seven in terms of total indebtedness? It's actually, uh, it's true across all sectors. Uh, sometimes, you know, a country will have a Uh, one sector of the economy that's very highly indebted, like households or maybe it's government. But in Canada, it's households, it's corporations and it's governments. In fact, all three sectors of the economy are very heavy borrowers. uh, And uh, we have the fifth most indebted uh, household sector in the world. We have the 11th most indebted government sector in the world. That's federal and provincial levels of government. And we have the 13th most indebted corporate sector uh, in the world. So really, it's quite a a broad-based story. Debt is very central to the Canadian economic growth story. Uh, And then on top of that, we should also recognise that in the five years before the crisis, uh, Canada was generating virtually no economic growth at all in per capita terms. Uh, Very, very low rates of of growth. Uh, And the the bottom line to all of this is that we're we're borrowing a lot to sustain our living standards, but we're not really generating a lot of income on a per person basis. Interesting. And of course, uh, leading this is all leading up to the COVID-19 crisis. And we know over the past year, there has been a lot of borrowing and a lot of spending to deal with the consequences of the pandemic. What happened last year? I understand we moved from seventh place up to sixth place in terms of total indebtedness. That's right. That's right. We were actually the heaviest borrower in the world, um, uh, you know, We did face very low interest rates, uh, which made borrowing a lot attractive. Uh, And of course, we wanted to take care of people as we went through the crisis. But those factors are true for other countries as well. And Canada really stands out being such a heavy borrower, uh, at the top of the pack, in fact, uh, among uh, advanced economies and emerging economies in the world in terms of increasing its debt levels relative to the size of its economy. And we know uh, there was a lot of necessary spending last year to deal with the consequences of the pandemic. Hindsight is 2020, but were there any opportunities looking back to maybe deal with our level of indebtedness either either pre-COVID or during COVID in a different way that would maybe set us up for longer term prosperity in the years ahead? I think what we would say is that we need to step back and look at our model of economic growth in Canada and the role of debt that that plays in that. 
we would like to see the business council, we would like to see the, the conversation move towards how do we make this country more productive? Uh, it's not about working harder or working more hours. It's about generating more income per person. And that's by investing uh, in productive capital, in technology, in skills, uh, and operating at scale so that our workforce is more productive uh, per hour that they work. Uh, and, it, you know, we're, we're organising ourselves to be more productive. It's, it's working smarter, not harder. Is that going to be a difficult change? Because as you pointed out, it, there is a bit of a culture and tradition around borrowing. It's almost a, it's a central role that it plays in terms of our economy. How difficult a change is it going to be to maybe focus on things differently or prioritize things differently? I think that's one thing we're going to have to reckon with as we, we exit the crisis. We, we, borrow, we borrowed a lot and uh, you know that may be okay for a while, but eventually we're going to get to a point where we need to earn our way out of this situation. And that's really what we're advocating here um, based on the data. We need to earn our way uh, out of these debt loads because history teaches us that countries that have very high debt loads uh, are more susceptible to you know, adverse shocks, you know, to their economy or to their financial systems. They're less resilient. Uh, and so we'd, we'd like to see the economy earn its way to uh, a, a more uh, desirable uh, situation. Are we also going to have to reckon with paying back some of this debt, especially when we consider the amount of public sector and government debt that exists? And I suppose the concern that that's going to eventually lead to taxation and other measures. How do you kind of square the need for that or the argument that's going to be made for those kinds of policies with still wanting to spur economic growth and earning our way out of this, as you put it? Yeah, that's right. I mean, if we can earn our way out of this, we won't have to resort to, you know, austerity measures. I don't think that's really desirable. Um, you know, you can't tax your way to prosperity. We we need to, uh, we should be very concerned about increasing taxes or making cuts to our social safety net because, you know, we'd like to take care of people. And the only way we're going to be able to do that is if we can, if we have the, 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 the private sector uh, prosperity, the innovation in the economy, uh, and the income and the, the real wages uh, that people need to earn to be able to fund those sorts of things. Do you think that there's enough earning potential to earn our way out of this? How bright is our potential future? I think what it's going to require, Haley, is a holistic look at the incentives around private sector investment in Canada. Is Canada a place that you come to borrow or is it a place that you come to invest and scale up your business? And I think we want to be the latter. Another trend that we've seen, of course, is historically low interest rates. And I wonder the extent to which that has also contributed over the last number of years to a lot of borrowing. What are your thoughts on that? Low interest rates has certainly been a factor, as has uh, relatively easy access to credit for a very long time. Uh, but, you know, low interest rates is something that's faced other countries as well. Uh, we're not the only country in the world with low interest rates. We're not the only country in the world that has had uh, you know, rate, rate cuts and quantitative easing to support the economy during the recession. Uh, but Canada still stands out relative to all other countries in terms of uh, having increased its indebtedness by more than any other country during the pandemic and putting us into sixth place overall. At if and when, or when, I suppose, because we know that it's coming, interest rates begin to climb back up again. Do you think there might be more appetite for looking at how we earn our way out of this as opposed to sort of taking low interest rates and taking that as an opportunity to borrow without much second thought? It, it's certainly going to start to squeeze us as interest rates 
go up. I mean, a year ago, the, the US Treasury bond was half a percent. Now it's one and a half percent. That's a fairly material uh, increase. And as borrowing costs start to head back towards uh, uh, pre-crisis levels, uh, it, it will start to focus the mind on, on how do we carry these very large principal amounts of loan outstanding uh, and the interest costs that go with it. Uh, and I, as I say, the best solution of all is to try and earn our way uh, back to prosperity. Is there anything you would like to see or will be looking to see in the federal budget once that's delivered in terms of perhaps incentives around enabling corporations or individuals to sort of, again, on this theme of earning their way out of it and maybe incentivizing them to make different kinds of decisions? Well, it's, it's been an extraordinary time. I mean, it's been, can you believe it? It's been two years since the federal government tabled uh, a budget. Uh, we actually haven't had a budget in the life of the current parliament. Um, you know, it's really an extraordinary situation, especially given the sums of money uh, that has been spending. You know, that's other parliaments around the world, other governments have continued to table federal budgets or national budgets, I should say, uh, during the pandemic, that parliaments continue to sit and scrutinize those spending and tax plans in detail. So when the federal government releases its, uh, its budget, hopefully that won't be too far away. Uh, it'll be the first time in two years we've had a good look at how federal finances are, are operating uh, and we can start to look at, you know, how do we earn our way out of this? Uh, I'd like to see the federal government take a step back and look holistically at the incentives around private sector investment in technology, in skills, in innovation, and companies in Canada operating at scale. Uh, I don't think those sort of holistic uh, views have been taken for a while. Uh, and also the role of debt within our economy and how central it is. And David, finally, what if we don't? What if the federal government doesn't take a holistic look? What if we don't really cease the borrowing? What are some of the concerns you would have about what that would mean for our national economy? One of the dangers of high indebtedness is that you often don't find out that you've borrowed too much until too late. So it's important that we act early uh, to look at our incentives for private sector investment in this country so that we can earn our way uh, and grow our way out of uh, this level of indebtedness without having to resort to uh, very unattractive uh, austerity measures. Great. David, thank you so much for coming on our show. Really appreciate your insight. Thanks very much, Hayley. Have a great day. You as well. That's David Williams. He is Vice President of Policy at the Business Council of British Columbia, which has recently released this new report, and you can find that on their website. I'm Haley Wooden, Executive Editor at BIV. This has been our daily business show, BIV Today. We'll be back with a new episode of our show tomorrow.